Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Everybody. Welcome back in to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, please make sure you're checking out the Belly Up Media Network. If you go to bellyupsports.com to check out all the blogs, podcasts, and anything in the media world, it's all there for you to check out. So please go do that uh, for me, please, and thank you. Uh, let's just dive right in today's episode. Uh, people are coming after Nick Saban once again. Nick Saban is accused of tampering in the transfer portal. Uh, so people are going after him once again. Uh, of course, he denies it. You know, uh, he's being accused of recruitment of Tyler Harrell, 
who was a wide receiver who, you know, entered the transfer portal and all of a sudden ends up at Alabama. Well, people accused him of tampering. Now, tampering is a word that's been thrown around ever since this transfer portal and name, image, and likeness has gone around. Uh, there's reports of Lincoln Riley tampering with a wide receiver from Pittsburgh. Uh, and he's not; these aren't the first coaches to be, you know, accused of tampering, and it's going to continue. Now, again, we've talked about this before with name, image, likeness, and this transfer portal, both combinations without regulations, especially on making money for athletes. If there is no regulations, things like this are going to happen. Allegations like this are going to happen without much evidence, unless physically it is recorded or some assistant coach was with the head coach and comes out and says, yes, we were told to do X, Y, and Z. But even then, there is no evidence. But the funny thing is, people just think that Nick Saban needs to tamper. He's the winningest, one of the he's the best college football coach of all time. Tons of championships, tons of wins. He only has 25 losses, like we discussed before, at Alabama. Yes, he's hopped around a little bit. He's been an assistant coach at many places. He won a championship at LSU, and then he tried the NFL. didn't work. He was a great defensive coordinator in the NFL. Tried the head coaching thing at the NFL. didn't work. It's okay. It's okay that it didn't work. But people really think that he needs to tamper. So he is accused of tampering, and we're just going to read straight from an article. Now, of course, he denies this. Um, but he also has said this, and we've talked about it before with his name, image, likeness. Coach Saban suggests that third parties could directly or indirectly impact player movement in this transfer portal, which is true. Louisville wide receiver Tyler Hale committed to Alabama in April. It was just the latest instance of Crimson Tide coach Nick Saban landing a high-profile transfer. However, name, image, and likeness deals have added a new layer to college athletic mobility, one that many coaches believe result in tampering. Like we said, a lot of coaches and a lot of people are going to start saying tampering. And that's why we've seen, you know, Coaches get upset when people accuse them of doing so, like Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. <clears throat> when we talked about that before, he all of a sudden got the number one recruiting class. People said, now they didn't use the word tampering, but they used the word, the, the phrases. He got the number one recruiting class they used, well, paying these players to be here, name, image, likeness. And he's, he took offense to that and he blew up about it, saying he can recruit, his coaches can recruit, so why do they immediately go to, well, they are paying these players. Well, it's not, you can't really blame people for saying this when you're out of school for a while and then all of a sudden you get to the number of recruiting class. Now, obviously, you getting mad about it and blowing up, you're defending your coaches, which is fantastic, but to get really mad about it kind of shows people otherwise. I'm not saying Jimbo Fish did that at all. I think he just recruited well. Um, you know, like, like, because Nick Saban did the same thing when he got to Alabama. He started to recruit really well. Now, Jimbo Fisher's been there a little bit, so you can't blame people for saying that. But he probably recruited well. There's no evidence of anything like that. So who are we to say anything? And then Lincoln Riley is accused of tampering for getting players. And the transfer portal, like Caleb Williams. Now, is that really tampering? No, he recruited him. But people are going to say that. Coaches in Oklahoma could say tampering to talk about to this player to come to USC. Because the moment they enter the transfer portal, they end up at USC. Getting a wide receiver from Pittsburgh. Thinking about entering the transfer portal. Enters. Goes. Anything like that. People have got to be careful with saying tampering. But let's continue on to Nick Saban. Speak on Harold's departure with 24-7 Sports earlier in the month. Cardinals coach Scott Satterfield implied that multiple player exits via the transfer portal were a result of tampering. 
I think it's not only him. It happened before, said Satterfield. Last year, we had a few guys that jumped into the portal, and the next day, they were announcing where they were going. You can look at that and know that something went on before they, <coughs> excuse me, they entered the portal. Satterfield didn't exactly call out Saban by name, but I didn't stop reporters from asking him about Satterfield's comments on a golf tournament. So Coach Saban responded and said, We don't tamper with anybody. I don't know anything or anybody that tampered with him. I don't really know that's anybody that anybody's really ever tampered with our players. I just think sometimes when things happen, it makes you wonder. So I'm not making any accusations against anybody that's done anything with our players, and I don't have any knowledge of anybody that's done anything with anybody else's players. So he's speaking of because he said you know players transfer out, and I think what he's trying to say is, hey, people have transferred out from Alabama and they end up at another school. And he, as far as we know, has not come out and said it was tampering because I think Nick Saban knows you can't be calling out people because then they're going to look at you even if you're not doing anything. And the fact of the matter is, I'm sure Nick Saban, the way he runs his program, has had conversations and he probably knows, hey, I might want to go here, I might want to go here, here. Saban suggests player representatives, a phenomenon that has become more prominent now that players can profit out of name, image, and likeness, are playing a big role in how players are committing. I think that it's really hard to control third parties, whether it's direct or indirect, Nick Saban said. When you have a guy leave your program to go someplace else the day after a game, I don't have any evidence that anything happened, and I'm not making any accusations. But it makes you wonder... I guess, but hopefully we have enough honesty and integrity out there among us professionally in our sport that people are going to abide by the rules. Then they talk about the transfer portal. Alabama certainly enjoyed its share of transfer portal success stories over the years. Saban has lured multiple high-profile players to join the program, including former wide receiver Jameis Williamson, first-round pick in this year's draft, and current linebacker Harry Toto. Um, this offseason alone, Saban has landed five high-profile transfers. Harrell from Georgia, wide receiver Jermaine Burton, former LSU defensive back Eli Ricks, former Georgia Tech running back um, Jamar Gibbs, and former Vanderbilt offensive lineman Tyler Steen. So people are going after Nick Saban talking about this. Now, he he has obviously said, hey, people get lured. So here's here is what I've talked about before. People have talked about before. So let's just beat the dead horse. Let's just continue to pull out a weapon and beat on this dead horse forever. We're going to until something happens. There is going to be, we have to define what tampering is. Tampering used to be, if anything, if a player is at a school and then the head coach or a coach calls them while they're enrolled at that school, while they're under their scholarship and says, hey, why don't you just come play for Alabama? Or why don't you come play for this school? Now that it's been happening for a long time, and I'm sure that it happens more often than we think, but I don't, it probably happens more often than we think, but that's still probably not a lot because of, you know, if they're going to do direct messages, their screenshots, calling, it's going to show that this person called them, all this stuff. So there is a danger to this. I don't think it happens all that much, but I do think it happens more than we think. Now, when they enter the transfer portal, it's a fair game. It's a fair game. And who's to say that the player, doesn't call the coach first, but that's also another dangerous game because the coach is going to be a he said, she said type of thing, and we don't want that. And again, talked about with Caleb Williamson going to USC from Oklahoma. What's to stop somebody from a player calling another player? That is another possibility. 
if a guy you played football with in high school is at a different school and you see that team is struggling or you make the move and you say, hey, good things are going to happen at this particular school. I'm the quarterback. I'm this person. I'm this person. Why don't you just enter the transfer portal? We have a scholarship. Come on over. So players can be calling players. This is what has been happening because you have allowed this transfer portal to run wild and they could just enter. Now what Coach Saban's talking about with third parties that we talked about before, I guarantee you're going to have coaches get contacted by places and say, we will pay this person to come to your school. We will offer them something because they're a high-profile player. But if we get them, you have to have a scholarship available. What's to stop that from happening? I don't know if there is a rule on that. And if there is, people are going to start breaking it. But here's another problem. Could third parties convince this person to go to this school? Absolutely they can. Without the head coach's knowledge, absolutely. Some business could talk to this person and say, listen, we'll give you this, we'll give you X, Y, and Z, we'll pay you whatever. Enter the transfer portal. We know for a fact that this college has a lot of scholarships. You're a very good player. Enter the transfer portal. Call them up. Say you want to come there. I guarantee it will happen. Now, this sounds weird to some people, and I know it's going to sound how does the head coach not know this is happening? Well, this is what's going to happen. These are going to be called what people call backdoor deals. Money's going to be exchanged, paid under the table. You ever had a handshake and there's money in there? This is what's going to happen. Now, if the head coach knows this is going to happen, is it really tampering? Probably not because the coach is not calling the player, is not initiating this. This is what we have been talking about. A lot of us have been talking about with this transfer portal and name image likeness. I am all for players making money off of their name and their and the way they look. Anything else. They're on commercials, great. They get they get to make money. They go sign something with or whatever. They're making money off their name. Because how many times have people gotten in trouble for signing autographs because of NCAA rules? A lot. This is good for the players. But what's not good is when these type of things happen. That's why we need regulations. We need some type of leadership from government, NCAA, anybody. We need some type of leadership from anybody. And I've said this probably four different times on different one of my episodes. So anybody that is a listener and has heard me say this, you're going to hear it again. You need regulations. You need something that says you can't offer a kid money from name, image, likeness, until they commit to the school. So if they're recruiting them and they're in high school and they're 18 years old, there cannot be, and he comes in and there has to be a time period. So if they sign their scholarship at the only signing period in February or whenever it is, they are not allowed to get a name image likeness deal until there's so many days on campus. Um, anything like that now is going to be hard to regulate. Absolutely. And I'm no genius. These are just the type of thoughts I have for regulating. Transfer portals running wild. I don't think you should enter the transfer portal unless your coach leaves or after two years of being there. And I think that if you do transfer, maybe you go back to the old way. If you transfer, you sit for a year. Now what you can enter the transfer portal, go somewhere else, and if you enter it again, then you sit a year. I don't think you need to give them the option. I think once you enter it once, you're done. And then wherever you go, you have to stay, even if the coach leaves. So there has to be rules and regulations on the transfer portal. There has to be rules and regulations on this name, image, likeness. There has to be a way to regulate this. Now, I'm telling you, the NCAA president and the workers, they are sitting back laughing, saying, you want college football players to get paid? 
or any college athlete to get paid for that matter. And this is what's going to happen when you do this, and they're laughing. Well, they're laughing because there is no leadership. You need leadership in everything. You need leadership in any business. You need leadership in sports. You need it in everything. Anything, you need some type of leadership. And NCAA is not providing the leadership, and God knows government and everything does not provide leadership. We haven't had leadership in government for many, 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 many years. I don't know the last time. Maybe Abraham Lincoln was the last time he really had t- some type of leadership. Uh, then at World War II, during those times, I don't know if we've really had anything. So there's leader when there's no leadership and there's no regulations, there's no one setting the standard, this is what's going to happen. And, of course, they're going to go after Nick Saban because it's Alabama. It's Nick Saban. He wins. He wins a lot. All he knows how to do is win football games. So they are going to come after him. Now, this is not the first time college football has done things to try to slow down Nick Saban like we talked about before. They talked about changing the, you know, when they talk about RPO rules to kind of combat with the type of defense that Nick Saban had. And what and he says, Does you do you really want college football to be like this when they change offensive rules and the game is changing to that? Well, guess what he did? He went out and adapted his offense. I'm telling you, read the book on him. He always wants to run the football. He loves being a power eye. But he quickly realized what college football was going to do. And to help get it there, Lane Kiffin comes in and they change college football. And ever since then, Alabama is one of the top offenses in the country, even without Lane Kiffin. Okay. And he realized defenses have to be even faster. So he gets strength and conditioning guys that do speed-based training to realize, hey, we can still be strong, still lift a lot, and we're going to be fast, and we can hit, and we can fly around. He adapted that. He's winning. And I'm not saying this is the only reason why a college football playoff existed. He's winning championship after championship, uh, you know, and and winning. All right, we're going to have the college football playoff to try to try to even the playing field. Okay, well, he's in there every year. He's winning a lot of championships. So what's the next thing you're going to do? Well, one of the next things you're going to do is you're going to accuse him of tampering. And you have to be careful when you throw that word around. If you throw that word around, you better make sure you have nothing in your closet. You better check every assistant coach and make sure under your watch they have not done anything. When you start throwing this tampering word around and you're accusing and you actually start to go after the best college football coach in the nation probably the best college football coach ever, ever, and he's still barely got a few more years left. Now there's a few more years. He'll win a few more championships. You better be careful. And again, I don't believe Nick Saban directly said this, but if you're going to add this name, image, likeness stuff going on, you thought Nick Saban could recruit before? Well, watch out. Now he's saying he didn't tamper. And again, is it tampering? If a company says, hey, you enter the transfer portal, go to Alabama. That's not Nick Saban tampering. That is a third party doing it. It kind of reminds you of boosters paying players to go to a school. Isn't that crazy how we've gone from boosters talking to players saying, I want you to go to my alma mater and I'm going to pay you money. I'm going to take you out and show you a good time. We're going to go to this bar. We're going to go do this. Isn't it crazy that that was illegal? And now we're at a point where businesses, boosters, anybody like that can give the players money. How crazy is that? How crazy we've gone from zero to a hundred real quick. And then we accuse people of tampering because that's what it was. Boosters paying players was tampering. 
now it's all it's the wild wild west and this is what's going to happen but coaches you have to be careful when you call out other coaches because one day you're going to get a recruit from the transfer portal probably if you work hard enough at it and guess what's one of the first things people are going to do they are going to say you tampered with their players so again you have to be careful on who you call especially when you're calling out the goat because you go after him I'm not saying he didn't go after you, but he could. Or he's going to put you on the schedule and say, okay, you thought I was tampering, let's put you on the schedule, and let's see who can recruit and coach. So you have to be careful who you call out. And do you really, really think Coach Saban needs to tamper? He has proven time and time again he could recruit out of high school. He's proven time and time again with this transfer portal, especially the last couple years, he can get those players, no matter, regardless how long they've been in the transfer portal. And he's proven time and time again that he can rebuild a staff, they can coach, and they can compete to that for that national championship and use that process that he always talks about time and time again. So do you really think Nick Saban needs to tamper? And if you think he does... You need to sit back and reevaluate how you look at college football. He really doesn't have to waste time doing that at all. Any of you football coaches out there that are still listening, um, I have a sponsor that I need to tell you about. It's Coach Stone Football, and he loves football. He wants to give back to the coaching community, and what he has done is he has come back. He's come up with back to the basics drill manuals that you need to check out. So if you go to CoachStoneFootball.com and click on Back to the Basics Football Drill Manuals, he has books on offense, defense, special teams, anything. Offensive line blocking, defensive line play, anything like that. Strength and conditioning. If you go to CoachStoneFootball.com and click on that Back to the Basics, you will never have to look up another drill again. I promise you. Some of you are in spring ball. We're coming up on summer. I know people look for really simple drills. And he does all the work for you. So go do that. Go check that out for me. Thank you, Coach Stone, for sponsoring the podcast. And since you guys aren't spring ball and we're coming up into the summer, you guys have to start thinking about your offense and defensive linemen. I want you to think about this real quick. First of all, it's the best position in football. We're the best looking. We already know that. But think about it. Think about a regular week of practice. If you hit on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and maybe even Thursday they're doing drills, Offensive defensive linemen are hitting all the time, and then they play a game on Friday night. They're hitting all the time. That is a lot of blows they're taking. Well, there's a way to protect those shells and reduce the impact on those guys, and it's Guardian Caps. If you go to guardiansports.com slash guardian-caps and use the code 15 off, it's going to save 50% off your order. It's going to help reduce the impact by 20 to 33%. And it's worn by over five NFL teams and 200-plus colleges like Georgia, Oklahoma, Penn State, and who we were just talking about, Alabama. So if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for you. And I'm here to save you money. I know high school programs and their fundraising and, and, and their budgets. It's I'm here to help save you money. So guardiansports.com. Slash Guardian dash caps. Use the code 15 off to save 15% off your order. Thank you, Guardian Sports and Guardian Caps, for sponsoring this podcast. So, to end this, let's talk about Major League Baseball. Now, we don't really talk a whole lot of Major League Baseball for a couple of reasons. One, I coach baseball, so I'm always, I have baseball games all the time. 
And two, there's just so many baseball games to talk about. I am a Cubs fan also, so maybe that's why. But I don't shy away from keeping up a little bit with baseball. And one thing that's really started to really bother me is all the changes want to be made to baseball. And this stems from that baseball is a really long game. That's part of it. And people want to sort of speed it up, which I fully understand. I'm a person that if I'm live at a baseball game, I am focused on it 100%. I am also the same person. If I put a baseball game on, I I could walk away for a whole inning or two and not be fully 100% invested. I mean, I think everybody does that with a lot of sports. And I think I'm not alone out there when we talk about this. But baseball is still baseball. still love baseball. Excuse me. But over the many, many years, people want changes. And you've seen changes in every sport. Now NBA, with I believe in the last two minutes or certain times, they can do instant replay and look at things. Um, they'll definitely instant replay on stuff they think is a flagrant foul, one or two. NFL, my gosh, the amount of rule changes and instant replay stuff that they've added because they're trying to make the game better. They're trying to help the referees. But ultimately, they're actually putting a lot of pressure on the refs. And then what happens is they make a bad call. They look at the instant replay. Oh, my gosh, we made the wrong call. Can we do this? Can we do that? A part of sports is the human element. The human element comes in. I want everyone to know umpires, refs, and football or basketball, that's a hard job. That is a really hard job to do. It's not the hardest job in the world. There are way, way, way worse jobs, but it's a hard job. And there are human errors. Think about being a coach. How many times in a game have you called a perfect game or made every single decision the right way in your game in baseball, basketball, football? Did you put the right lineup in track? Um, Are you telling the right cues when they're throwing? Like Certain things like that. Have you done everything you could right every single time? And if the answer is yes, you are lying. You are lying to yourself. There is a human error. You know, in baseball, did I have a kid steal when the catcher had a gun, but I tried it anyway? Okay. Did I try to do, you know, a certain pickoff thing or tell the pitcher to do it and, we, and something happens? I take the blame for that. There are certain things like that. You call play in football, and that's a completely different coverage than you thought, and, and the, the quarterback gets sacked because everything changed. Like, you take the blame for that. Refing and umpiring is the same thing. There's a human element to it. Now, I know this. it stems from trying to help them make the right call and, you know, to, to, to do right by the players and do right by the fans that are watching it. But ultimately, all these changes are going to make their jobs harder. So in baseball, they want to add certain instant replays and everything else. Well, one thing that always happens in baseball is sign stealing. So now we have this wristband where the catcher can tell the pitcher what's called so they're not stealing signals. That isn't a huge issue for me. But then what stems off of this, once you do one thing, it's going to move and be talked about to do something else. So something I have seen, and I disagree, is automatic strike and ball calls. Because yes, we have all seen a very bad strike called. We've all seen a very bad ball called and everything else. It's the human error that that stems into this. People are talking about getting some type of pitching thing where when it pitches, it's going to automatically tell it's a ball strike or everything else. So to me, it might as well just turn into, well, let's not have umpires then. We'll have one umpire out there to, to tag whatever, but then eventually you get rid of the home plate person or his only job is to see if it's safe. But once you start changing things, then eventually I guarantee it's going to be 
the base will light up once he touches it. If it doesn't touch, if it doesn't light up and he hits him with it, he's he's out or he's safe or anything like that. That's the type of thing. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you're going to see these changes. And eventually, it will no longer be fun. At least for me, it will no longer be fun. And part of the game is the human element. Stemming from me coaching baseball, I will not argue with an umpire unless it's just something, or even, or I shouldn't even say argue, talk to them, unless it's something huge or something I just don't fully understand. I don't argue balls and strikes at all because I'm sitting there going, could I do that job? And the answer is no. I'm telling you right now, I cannot be an umpire. I could maybe be an NFL ref or a football ref in high school um, in football or basketball, but I couldn't do an umpire. And so for Major League Baseball, we have to be careful. I'm for instant replays on certain home run things. I'm okay with maybe like once you can challenge a tag. That I understand. Maybe doing it one time in the NFL where you have a challenge. I understand that. But there is going to be a human error to this that you have to learn to get over. And I like the human error to it because then it teaches you to overcome adversity even though if you if you think you know you're right or you know you're right and that person's wrong, there's you have to be able to overcome those things. And so when you play, that's part of playing sports. So when you're in sports and you're a player and you know you're right on a certain thing from the umpire or the ref, but they see it a different way, does it really make sense to give yourself a heart attack arguing, going after them, complaining about it? Or would it make sense just to say, you know what? That's the way they saw it. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to move on. I can go have a conversation with the umpire ref, and they could tell me exactly what they saw. And if you don't agree with it, you walk away from it. But Major League Baseball has to be careful. There's already been a bunch of changes happening, and some are for the better. Certain is replays, I understand. But we've got to be careful. It's going to turn into... You know, looking at everything, it's going to turn into, if we were talking about this automatic strike zone thing, that's going to be one of the dumbest things they do. The the pitch calling thing, cool, but the pitch calling thing will then stem into the Astro type thing again where maybe they're going to start cheating and all this stuff. It's going to stem a lot of things that I think we have to be careful with. So start to leave baseball alone. I think we just need to start leaving them alone. Because you start changing everything, it's no longer going to be fun. You're going to take away the the rich history of it. And like everything in life, there is human error, and especially in sports. So be careful what you wish for when you want all these changes. We saw some. We always see the changes in the NFL, and then they change them back or they adapt it. Be careful what you wish for, and be careful when you're trying to change everything. Because sometimes changing things doesn't always work the way you want it to. So we have to be careful. Um, That wraps up this show. Thank you guys for watching and or listening. Make sure you're subscribing to the Coach Steve Show on YouTube. Uh, Follow it wherever you listen to your podcast. It can be found literally anywhere you listen to your podcast. Um, Please leave a rate and a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps with the algorithm. Um, Please hit the like button on the video if you're watching it. 
Check out all the other episodes. Um, go check out Coach Steve's show on Patreon.com slash the Coach Steve Show. Um, Twitter at Coach underscore Steve72. Check all that stuff out. Um, thank you guys so much for watching and or listening. Uh, leave a comment in the comment section down below. Interact on Twitter. I'll be asking questions that I'll try to put on the podcast. All that good stuff. Um, so thank you guys all for tuning in. Um, this is Coach Steve, and we will see you guys on the next one. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.